Dun, dun, dun. All right, we got numbers. All right, here we go. All right, today on the podcast, we got a friend of mine, and this is kind of funny because we've never met in person, but we know each other pretty good through the internet. Jacob Stevens, what's up, man? Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? I, I was just saying, I feel like uh, I already know you, but this is the first time I've actually seen you and heard your voice. Pretty surreal. Yeah, that that's cool, man. That's cool. You know what? Um, what's funny is you're gonna get to see me at my lowest uh, this weekend. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm to it, man. I will be at the mile seventy-five A station, uh, Jungle Hill, the Silver Heels one hundred, fair play. So, yeah, looking looking forward to it, man. Yeah, no, that's 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 cool. I'm looking. I, I think I'm looking oh. forward to it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's that type two type of fun where in hindsight you're gonna have a blast. Exactly, exactly. So man, so you and I met online. I don't even remember how we first got in got in contact with each other, but we've got we've got a few things in common. First of all, uh, you're originally from Louisiana, also, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. Uh, Shre- born in Shreveport, Louisiana. Grew up in Bossier City. Gotcha, gotcha. So now you know. North Louisiana and South Louisiana, a little bit different, but you know, we, <laughs> yeah. Two different but states. yeah, yeah, y'all, yeah, Shreveport <laughs> is kind of like South Arkansas almost, you know, oh, about 25 minutes from, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, but don't put us in that group, we are completely different types of people, <laughs> yeah, well, well, so you're, you're an ultra runner now, but what did you like growing up? What, what'd you do? What were, what sports did you play in? Because you're, you're a tall athletic guy and you did some stuff yes sir um i grew up doing playing all the ball sports basketball basketball football soccer and then i started swimming uh competitively when i was nine years old started swimming in the summers at five and uh i grew up a swimmer um year-round aau club team uh, i went division one and uh, so swam through college and that's kind of what carried me through yeah okay well you see i, I swam for Go go ahead go ahead. I was gonna say I swam for uh, Centenary College of Louisiana right there in Shreveport. Uh, go Jets, smallest <laughs> Division One school in the nation at the time. And uh, so yeah, that was my got that job. So I I've had the same swim coach Butch Jordan for I had him for 14 years since I was nine all the way through college. And I actually talked to him yesterday. I talked to him before and after every single race still. Oh, that's that's cool, man. So yeah, now you're uh, okay. Of course, online you gotta you gotta figure it out. You and I haven't met in person because when I met some people in person, they thought I'd be taller or something. But you you're you're a tall guy, right? Well, I'm about five ten. It's about average. Oh, okay, so so you and I are about the same height. You see, you see, same thing. I, I'd have met you mm-hmm. and 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 thought you. I would have been like, dude, I thought you were taller. <laughs> Same thing. I think it's the build. You know, it's kind of that long torso, long arms. I think it's the build. Yeah, yeah. So, so you swam. You you did that through college, and then um, you you what sports did you do after that, man? So I got into martial arts when I was 18. So I swam at Southside Swim Club, and okay. when I was 18, Ricky the Hammer Hutchinson, two-time world champion kickboxer, at and he started an academy Southside kickboxing academy and i got a funny story how this worked real uh, uh, quick story so butch says ricky hutchinson has written out the uh the room there and over the summer 
you know, you guys want to do a little extra cardio during your time off, he's going to be doing cardio kickboxing. Well, there were two girls that uh, Emily Looney and Lauren Patterson, they raised their hands. And I had a crush on one of them. And I looked around, and those were the only two girls that were going to take this class. So I'm 18 years old thinking, me, me and these two chicks, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> so I, I show up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know, and uh, after class, Ricky, he says, man, you, you're in great shape. You got great, great cardio. You got long arm to hit pretty hard. You know, do you want to fight? And I said, you know, myself and first two chicks. So I was like, ah, never in a street fight in my life. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, I'll, I'll fight you. And he goes, no, 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 not right now. I want you to come back tomorrow to, to the kickboxing class. He said, get your boil and bite mouthpieces and, uh, you know, just come to the kickboxing class. I said, all right. So I showed up and first time I ever put on gloves, I somehow, when you first, you know, two speeds on and off, and I somehow connected with a punch against this guy and I felt his nose hit my knuckles through the gloves and he looked up and I'd never seen the look in a man's eye before like this. Next thing I know, I am on the floor looking for my mouthpiece. Dude, knock me out. Knock me out cold. First time I ever put on gloves. <laughs> yeah. True story. Fell in love with the sport and uh, you fell in love with the sport after that. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, he was also a fifth degree taekwondo, so uh, I ended up getting a black belt in taekwondo, and uh, went on and you know had a bunch of bunch of boxing, kickboxing matches, taekwondo tournaments, and and stuff like that, and got into uh, mixed martial arts. Nice. So that kind of carried me through my twenties. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, hey, I have a little uh, a little jujitsu uh, kind of jujitsu slash kickboxing story. When I was when I trained. Um, uh, we were, uh, we mostly did, I mostly did jujitsu, but, um, where we, where we were, we cross trained a bunch of guys where I helped corner some guys doing MMA. And, um, so my daughter, we were mm -hmm. teaching her and she had the gloves, she had shin guards on and I was just sitting there kind of, kind of tapping at her and, and, you know, just, just doing some stuff, messing around going, you know, I don't know, 30% and just kind of tapping around. Well, she meant business. And so you know, she started timing me and I didn't know. And she's, she's a teenager at the time. And I'm just tagging her, you know, look, watching this. Right. She came around with a roundhouse kick and caught me square oh. on the nose. Luckily, oh. it didn't oh, knock me out. But she, she rocked me, man. And everybody in the class was like, oh, no. <laughs> she, oh, yeah. My kids called me Papa. And she said, Papa, I, the look on your face was you were it physically hurt you. Uh, you were proud of me and you were embarrassed all at the same time. And I was like, that's exactly it. <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I, I've been there plenty of times. That is great. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did a little jujitsu. Ju um, I went, I moved to Florida after, after college and okay. uh, I got involved at the armory down there nice. and had some really, really high level coaches. So my Muay Thai coaches were Edson Barboza Jr., and Luis Kane and Marlon Moraes. And then nice. I ended up getting a, I got a blue belt from uh, Rodrigo Covaca and uh, Bouchet, Ricardo Almeida, who, I mean, Bouchet is, you know, one of the best in the world at the moment. But when I got, when I was training with him, he was a 20-year-old little kid. This was a decade ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of, jiu-jitsu, should have stuck with it, but uh, I loved it, man. I love martial arts. It kind of, I feel like the whole philosophy has really helped shape who I am, and also it influences my, my ultra running more than most people realize. 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna uh, I'm, real quick. I'm gonna turn yeah. the video off because it's it's lagging us a little bit. But we'll we'll just keep okay. we'll keep talking. But the video, I think it'll do better with the video off. So we'll try that yeah. for a minute. So okay. All right, and I'm gonna click. Is yours off? Uh, go ahead and click yours off too. Uh, yes. I think. Okay. Let's see how we're doing. Let's see. There we yeah. go. Yeah. All right, that should be off now. All right. Now you don't have to look at my ugly face. All right. So, <laughs> so, there we so, go. Same here. <laughs> man, so 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 really though, uh, I agree mm -hmm. and I tell you what, um I, I when I tore, first tore my ACL doing jujitsu, um, you know, I, I went back a little bit and ended up just just life and different things changed, but man, I I miss I still love running and uh, mm -hmm. but I have a feeling that one day I'll I'll end up playing at some jujitsu again. I, I miss it, you know. Um, oh yeah. It's it's so um, it's just fun and the camaraderie you have with the guys you roll with and uh, it's it's a lot like ultra running man everybody wants everybody else to succeed it's a healthy competition for the most part you got all, like like anything you get your knuckleheads you know oh <laughs> but, yeah every now and then yeah you get a few knuckleheads in there yeah now do you do you uh, train at all still in in any of the martial arts. Uh, no, unfortunately, I live in Dalhart, Texas, so there is not a gym within 100 miles from me, okay. so I'm actually, yeah, you know, uh, stand-up is my first love, and okay. I got my black belt in Taekwondo, yeah. and actually, there was a ranking system at the Armory, so I worked up my way through that to a brown belt, or brown ranking in Muay Thai, and mm -hmm. uh, so that's really my bread and butter, so I'm about to hang a banana bag in my garage, I'm in the process of that. And uh, so I can start getting some rounds in. I have a four-year-old grandson that I'm, he, he's got a mean right hook, but he's got a pretty good straight one-two right down the pipe. So, you know, I'm, I'm working with him. You know, I've done a little bit of coaching. I used to coach uh, Little Dragons, um, okay. six to 12-year-olds in Taekwondo. So so I'm kind of like you. I'm going to get back into it uh, eventually. You know, I'm going to get that bag hung up and start putting some rounds in. My brother's got a brown belt in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So he trains every day. Nice. Um, so we actually come from a martial arts family. My dad has uh, got his black belt in Aikido. Uh, my uncle in Judo. Uh -huh. I was Taekwondo. And my, my brother's on the on the fast track to having a probably next couple of years. He'll probably have his black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's been at it for quite a while now. Nice. So nobody wants to uh, show up and start mess at your family reunion. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. The family reunion, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty low key. Not, not a whole lot of goofing around there. Nobody messing with messing with the Stevens. Nice, nice. Well, well, I had I, I had to look up. You said you're in Dalhart, Texas. I was like, where's Dalhart, Texas? And I was like, wow, that's like that. It's not oh, far from the Oklahoma Panhandle, man. You're way up. No. Yeah. Oh, I tell people you you just Google middle of nowhere Texas. It'll pop <laughs> right up. You know, we're, we're Texas by zip code only. I feel we're about 30 minutes from Colorado, 30 minutes yeah. from New Mexico hour from the panhandle oklahoma so we're, we're way up here yeah well I, and i noticed i mean that you're in a great location to be um mm. you know, we talked earlier you're going to be helping out at the silver hills race and you've done some of the colorado races so you're in a great location mm -hmm. to just zip around and hit some of those races that's pretty good it, it really is you know it, and i have uh, the rita blanca state park here is a it's a canyon and there are 17 miles of single track that me and a couple of guys have well they built them and i helped maintain them and I'm the only ultra runner in town, and I am me and a couple yeah. mountain bikers use those trails. But I have, it's a 17 mile loop where I get about eh, 3,000 feet of climb. Nice. Nothing, nothing big, but you get you know 70, 80 feet over the course of a tenth of a mile or so. So it's like, you know, 
it's a mile and a, it's a mile from my front door actually the trailhead is so i run from my house in the canyon hit the trails literally six days a week nice man that's 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 awesome that's a that's a blessing to have man <laughs> I, i'm telling you it is it is a blessing in disguise and i, I say it's west texas this canyon is west texas best kept secret that's, huh. that's kind of how i describe it nice well well so tell me that okay so you did you did martial arts and uh you, you did that and, and enjoyed it and loved it kind of like i did how did you how did you get into uh to running man what 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 got you there well this is uh it, it's an interesting story funny story it's funny now because uh, of where i'm at but you know i got into triathlon because of my swimming background okay and i actually did pretty well i was at the 2017 iron Iron Distance National Championships, and uh, ended up wow. placing sec- second in my age group and ninth overall. Nice. Um, but I just, you know, the training, I just could not do it. I swimming, been swimming my whole life, no problem. I really enjoyed the running, and mm. I, I just the bike, I, I couldn't do it. I was biking 42 miles to Dumas to swim in a pool, and then 42 <laughs> miles home twice wow. a week. <laughs> wow. So I just, and you know, but that's. So that kind of skipped ahead. So how I started running, honestly, I was, uh, this is where we get to, well, get serious here. Um, 2016, I found myself in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma at uh, Men's First Step Recovery Center. And this mm. was, uh, this was my seventh rehab, believe it or not. I've had, had an issue, a battle with uh, drugs and alcohol. Oh, um, wow. So the drugs, uh, you know, the pain pills, opiates, things like that, that, you know, I kind of, I had my battles with that and battled those demons and kind of, kind of got through that, but I never really understood that alcohol was a drug and, mm. uh, alcohol has, was my Achilles heel for a long, long time. Mm. So, you know, I found myself at this rehab and it's a work program. So it's, it's really kind of cool. It's, it's free. You just have to be willing to work six days a week. Now, if you work six days a week, what happens is you go work for the city of Oklahoma City or an electrician, or they kind of see what your skill set is, and they place you with these employers throughout the community, and the center gets paid. And you don't get paid, but you get free room and board, free treatment, and free therapy. Huh. So it's a really, it's a really, I mean, I highly recommend it. It's, you know, so I, again, seven rehabs. And that was the one that has, I've been sober, uh, April 15th was three years. So a little over three oh, years. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, so I was there and I actually somehow, I got a job working in the office as an intake coordinator. I, I'm not real sure how I fandangled my way to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got the gift to gab, I suppose. I think at one point I pulled up my resume on my cell phone. And uh, so I was actually, as a resident, I was in charge of keeping the 72 beds full. So I worked. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So I was working with judges, DAs, lawyers. I was trying to get uh, these kids that were locked up for nonviolent drug offenses out of jail into treatment mm. as as a client myself. So it was really so. It, it's it's really catch twenty two. It's kind of funny. Yeah. So I I uh, got to know the administration pretty well, and they had every you get to a point in the program where you could take passes, four hour, six hour, eight hour passes. They were called family passes, and you could go spend the day with your family and things like that. Well, you know, as you can imagine, my family was done with me at this point. Mm. There, and nobody coming to see me for the seventh go round. You know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, type of deal. But fool me seven times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So wow. I, I, I somehow, 
I found out that we were right across the street from Stanley Draper Lake, and I found there were miles and miles of trail around this lake. And huh. I, you know, I was fat. I was I was a couple hundred pounds. I'm talking. I'm not talking like lifting weights in shape 200 pounds i'm talking like oreos and cheetos 200 pounds <laughs> and milk, you know and yeah. I, so i somehow talked them into letting me take these passes and go explore these trails off the property and so not hmm. only did they think this was a good idea they also thought i would come back because every other day we had you know, this was a voluntary program. So people would just walk off. They'd leave the property. They'd call their girlfriends or moms, whoever to meet them at the gate. They just leave. Yeah. You know, you go to, you go to bed with 72 guys and you'd wake up and there was 70. And wow. uh, <laughs> so I, you know, long story short, I started running those trails and I'm a, I'm an avid reader. I collect books, love to read. Mm. And Amazon had a recommendation for how Kerner's field guide to ultra running. So mm. I said, huh, yeah, exactly. I said, huh. So <laughs> I, I, I Googled ultra running and the Barkley marathons came up. And so I, I read a little bit about that. I got to, uh, you know, watch the Barkley marathons. So we were also allowed to have our cell phone at this treatment center, which was really nice. And I said, you know what? I think, I think I'm into this. I think I could dig this. So what I'm going to do, I made a promise to myself right then and there. I said, I am going to run not only 100 miles one day, but I'm going to run time to palm and I'm going to have Hal Turner sign my book. And uh, <laughs> right, right then and there, like I decided that was uh, early 2016. I decided, you know, this is what something I wanted to do. So I got out, I relocated to Dalhart. I had a buddy who could get me a job here. And I found the crazy desert trail races, uh, you know, a trot race. And, you know, me, guys, guys like us, you know, I've been a competitor my whole life. I come from a, a you know, a long family of athletes. Um, yeah. And they had all these different distances and the longest was 100K. And, you know, of course, I'm going to do the longest distance they have. Why would you not? <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I've, I've never, I ran 5Ks when I was, you know, swimming and stuff like that. But I, I never run, seriously. I was 33 years old. So I signed up for the crazy desert 100K um like march of 2017 i immediately googled 100k saw that it was 62.1 miles and knew that that was a terrible decision and i just probably <laughs> made a mistake uh, like, so you know i uh i had moved in with my girlfriend at the time wife now and i may or may not have led her to believe i had a little more experience than i actually did at this whole ultra running thing uh, but, but we went down to San Angelo and uh, had an absolute blast and fell in love with the sport. And that, that kind of started my journey. And um, I ended up going to Pine de Palm 2018 and uh, finished that race, met Hal, had him sign my book. Um, yeah. you know, and it was, it was just kind of, that's where I found the hundred mile distances, you know, kind of my, what I really enjoy. And but that that's kind of the long and short of my journey into ultra running. It all started with, you know, believe it or not, you know, battling these demons and just kind of trying to find a more positive, constructive way to spend my time and my energy and my focus. That that's 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 awesome. And I, I didn't I didn't know that about you, man. So uh, yeah. So was was um was the I guess the addiction and, and stuff that you were dealing with, was it just something that just kind of crept into your life or was it just um, you know, or something happened or just something you kind of always dealt with? Um, well, this is, uh, this is something that I have, I've never spoken about publicly. So 
we'll, we'll now's as good time ever. I, um, I've written about this and those close to me know, but I was, uh, I was a victim of childhood and young adult sexual abuse. Um, okay. there was, a you know, quote unquote, a friend of the family and started when I was nine and it was, it, it was a bad deal, man. It was, yeah. um, yeah. I can talk about it. I've had lots and lots of therapy, um, yeah. and lots of help along the way. And it's a, it's a pretty sad story. It happened. Uh, you, you know, I thought it was normal until I was 15 or 16. And then wow. when I was 18, I, I made it stop, but the guy lived in the town. He was a powerful man. And when I was 23, I decided to, to come out. Enough was enough. And throughout all of this, I started yeah. drinking and got into drugs. And that was, I didn't know it at the time, but that was, that's how I got by. That's how I lived. That's how, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, that, 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 that was my coping mechanism. And so it ended up a uh, pretty, pretty bad deal. Um, December 23rd, 2006, my dad went and confronted him and, and he ended up committing suicide in front of my dad on which is my dad's birthday. Oh, and, wow. Uh, wow. It was, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. So it was, it was one of those deals where it was, yeah, I didn't talk about it for a long, long time. It was, didn't want to talk about it. Um, but I feel yeah. like I'm kind of at a place now you bring it up and you talk about it and you can hopefully if one person can hear this and realize that, Hey, there's a way out. Um, yeah. you know, you're not alone. Then yeah. I feel like I, I've done, done my, my job, you know, and I've, I've done, what what i can do and i just you know i just want to show people that there is hope and there is a way out and yeah it's it, it's funny you know i used drugs and alcohol for a long time to deal with the guilt and the pain and the in the shame uh, yeah. a lot of shame and uh you call something negative drugs and alcohol you know you call that an addiction and you attach this negative connotation to it um, and then you look at something positive like ultra running or martial arts and, and you call it a passion, you call it an obsession. So mm -hmm. for me, it, it's more about just rerouting the negative to a positive. Yeah. Um, and that, that's kind of how that all came about. And it's we have a running, a running joke in my family. You know, I have a family full of counselors and uh, <laughs> we say we say you're either an active addiction or active recovery. You know, my, my wife is over 14 years sober. My brother's over 15 years sober. Wow. Um, and it's just, yeah, we you know, there is a genetic component. And, and you know, lucky me, I hit the lottery. I got it. And I yeah. have other extenuating circumstances. But it's it, it's a blessing. You know, it's I look at where I'm at now and it's everything has really you know, done a 180. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, it's the ultra running is who I am. It's what I do. And it's something mm. I'm very, very passionate about. And it, it gets me through a lot. That's how that's my therapy. Now, you know, I still yeah. talk to my therapist, I went to therapy every week for about two years, with a gentleman named uh, Noel New, who I still talk to him to this day. Yeah. And, you know, my therapy is nature, it's in the woods, it's positivity, it's this culture, it's, you know, meeting you on the internet and here we are and i'm sharing my story with you yeah. and we're having a positive impact on the world you know that's, amen that's yeah what, that's what it's about yeah yeah no kidding man you know and and you know people uh, people go i mean like, nobody has a perfect life i don't care what anybody's posted on instagram on facebook we all have you know stuff that we've dealt with and, and have to deal with and and in a lot of times like in your case man you know that's nothing you did to deserve any of that and it's you know people have things and 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 somehow, you know, 
the, the drugs and alcohol or whatever the coping thing is, you can almost allow yourself to keep being the victim, you know? And, exactly. And then you finally have to decide like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's it. You know, you, the first thing I was taught was by my therapist. He said, you know, you're not a victim, you're a survivor. And yeah, when you make that, when you make that shift, like all of a sudden it's not poor me, poor me. Cause you know, that gets you to poor me, poor me, poor me, another drink. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah. that, that's where that goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Not good come from that. So you, yeah. know, you start, you know, you slowly, you start shifting the way you think and you know I'm a, I'm a big reader and kind of goes back to that martial arts you know kind of full circle i read a book called living the martial way uh and the book of the five rings and you know it's just that whole life philosophy it's you know i really think that's that's had a big impact on my life and and you know there's my swim coach my father and my martial arts coach those have been the three men in my life that pretty much have made me who I am today. And I, they deserve all the credit, you know, like that's who has helped. They've been my mentors and still are. I still talk to all three of those men to this day. That's awesome. So, what? Well, well, so you're now, now, uh, I know you, you know, you said things are, were, were strained with your family, you know, through all that mm-hmm. time have, 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 uh, you know, since the change and since you, since you kind of got your life on track, has, has there been a, a healing with that? And, you know, they do they believe do they believe in you now, man? <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. I have the best relationship with my parents and my my siblings. It's I, I never would have thought from where we were, where we it, it's greater than anything I could ever imagine, man. My dad awesome. Yeah, my dad'll fly out and uh just to crew me, you know what I mean? <sighs> like just to hang out. And my wife has been at like I said, every single one of my races and my dad gets to everyone that he can. And like, that's my, my go-to, my crew is my wife and my dad. And it's just, you know, I talk to my parents every week. I talk to my grandma every week. I talk to my brother every week. It's like all of these things have come back into my life. I'm married. Like, it's just family is everything to me. And, you know, you never thought it'd be this great. Like, it's just awesome. (laughs) That's that's beautiful, man. You know, and and you probably, you know, 10 years ago, uh, you know, you probably – didn't believe or, you know, you find yourself in place where you're like, golly, I, I can't believe I can't ever have a good life. You know, if you see yourself now, you wouldn't believe it. You know, would not. I'll, I'll be honest with you, David. I, uh, I did not think I was going to live to see 30. Um, wow. I never made any plans past 30. And mm. I was I was 33 years old running those trails at Stanley Draper Lake. And I had a therapist there. And I, I didn't know what my favorite color was. I didn't know what my favorite food was. I, you know, I didn't know what huh. I wanted to be when I, when I grew up. I just, because <laughs> for so long, I didn't think I was going to live past 30. I need to worry about all that stuff. I didn't, yeah. I, think I, was, I didn't, it's just, you know, you get, it's such a tough, toxic, negative cycle. And, uh, that world, it's just a world that I don't ever want to experience again. Mm. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, you know, it's like now it's like you wake up, people say, you know, every day is a blessing and every day is a gift and you're kind of, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's like, no, it really is like, you know, this this thing called life is amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and, man, I hope, you know, you know, different people listen to this and there are some people who are in ultra running who are in, in, you know, dark places. You know, I get I get, you know, requests from people, you know, say pray for me. I'm dealing with stuff. And and, you know, I think people. That's a message people need to hear. They, you know, you can. It's kind of like when you're running an ultra and you get in the the lows, the lowest of the lows during a race. You just gotta keep moving, you know, and keep getting moving That's it. forward. That's it, man. You just gotta keep going. Yeah, and, and, you, and 
Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, and, and like, I just, you know, I wrote a little article about this, but I, I don't know. I, I got to give credit where credit's due, but I don't know where to give the credit to. <laughs> uh, but I have, you know, everybody has their why and everybody talks about their why and, and all of this. And, you know, I, somewhere along the line, I came up with this mantra, uh, you know, make it to the morning. Mm. Um, and I knew it's in a hundred mile race, uh, a gentleman by the name of Bill Hacker, he ran, my brother introduced me to him. He was kind of my mentor who ushered me into the sport. He ran the last annual Vol state run, the 500 kilometer run across yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. So, uh, I met him and he was his, he was friends with Hal Perner, his, one of his parents went to school with one of Hal's parents. So that's how that all came about. But I'd somehow, you know, come up with this mantra of just make it to the morning. And if I can make it to the morning, I mm. can get this. I can see the sunrise and brush my teeth. And I know that it will rejuvenate me. And if I can just do that, if I can just make it through this night, make it through this darkness, get to the morning, I'll feel better. If I want to quit in the morning, cool. I've given myself every mm. opportunity but I'm not going to quit in the darkness. And for me, like after I wrote that article, I had this epiphany. I was like, man, that's got nothing to do with running. That's life. If I can can make it through the dark times, if I could just make it to the morning, it's all you got to do. Whatever problem you have, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, it's dark. It sucks. It's terrible. But if you can just make it to the morning, you'll have a different perspective and things, things will be better. That's good, man. That's good. Man, that's what, that's one of the reasons I love our sport because it's such a, it's such a microcosm for life, man. There's so many lessons in it, you know, and, and, and and we learn to be, to be tough, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, it is something about inside when you're dealing with something tough in life, you're like, you know what? I just need to have that, I call it the ultra mentality, you know, and, and, and just keep moving forward, you know, (laughs) and just get through this. That's it. And that's it. If you will just keep moving forward, just as hard as it may be, just put one foot in front of the other, it will get better. I have never seen anything get worse when you keep moving forward and doing the right thing. Never, not once in my 30, 37, six years, however old that. 36 years old. <laughs> yeah. if, if you just keep moving, if you just keep moving forward, I have never seen it get worse. They, um, and, and, and right now in this world today with all the craziness going on, I think everybody needs to uh, listen to that. <laughs> that's right, man. Just keep keep going. It it will get better. I promise you that. And it, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it's just the more that uh, the more I start getting into ultra running, and the more I start refining my strategies and, and the way that I approach the sport, the more I realize, like you said, it, it's just a microcosm of life. And you know, they say twenty four hours in a day. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's it. <laughs> Well, well, so, I mean, uh, you, you, you did some races. All right. So, and I said, you, you, like you said earlier, you did the pine to palm, um, uh, and, and you got that done. You got your book signed. That was like, probably felt more victorious than crossing the finish line. You got the book signed by Hal Kerner. So, he, you know, it that, was. That, that's a, a, a big plus, but then, but then you continued on and you've got, you got to do some, some really cool races. You did Rocky raccoon, old dominion, the Vermont 100. Um, oh, yeah. And you just you just jumped in in 2019. It looks like <laughs> that's it, man. That is it. I uh, I it, I just my coach. So my swim coach had always talked about Leadville, and yeah. you know we grew up hearing about Leadville and this that and the other and whatever. You know it's your swim coach. I just need to get through this practice. Well, it turns out um, not only did he do the hundred mile bike ride, um, 
in the late 90s and early 2000s, but he's got a couple of buddies to do the Grand Slam of Ultra Running. So uh-huh. when I started, yeah, so when I started running, fast forward, I, you know, I call up Butch, and, you know, I start getting interested in the Grand Slam and I start getting interested where I'm at now is just 100 mile races. I want to, I have a list of about 3,700 milers that I want to run and, uh, I don't care where I have to go, where I have to fly to. These are historic classic races that I want to do. And uh, so so I ran Silver Rush, and they had Silver Rush 50 in 2018, and they had a lottery after the race. It's actually really cool. Um, It's kind of – it's a little secret to help you get into Leadville if you don't get in through the the lottery, uh, the big lottery. So what they – did was you have to finish silver rush 50 in under 14 hours and then at 14 hours and one minute they have another lottery of people that finish the race in under 14 hours and that are presently there so what Mm. you do is you tear off tear off a piece of your bib and you put it in a hat and it is a legit lottery it is drawing names out of a hat and what where you get lucky is however many thousands of people go to the Leadville lottery at this silver rush lottery. There's probably about 50 people because you know, as well as I do, if you say you run a tough mountain race and you finish in 10 or 11 hours, you go back to your hotel, you go shower. You don't want to come back to that start finish line three hours later for a lottery. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, you're done. So <laughs> you get there and there's about a hundred people. That's it. And they're drawing 50 names. Nice. Yeah. So I got into Leadville that way. And, uh, I talked to my boss uh, at work because, you know, the Grand Slam is you know, four four races in like three months, like 12, 13 weeks. And so I got the time off approved. I got it approved from the wife and uh, <laughs> I got it. I looked at it as a way to uh, Old Dominion was always on my list. You know, it's it goes Western States, Old Dominion, uh, yeah. number one and number two oldest trail races. And the thing about Old Dominion is they only allow about 90 people in. Mm. Real old school race. Beautiful out there in uh, uh, Virginia, Fort Valley, Virginia, I believe. So right right away, I was like, I can do Old Dominion, Vermont, which I've heard just awesome stories about. You run with the horses, Leadville, and and then Wasatch. And Wasatch has a deal for Grand Slammers. If you don't get in the Wasatch lottery, but you finish three races previously either uh, western old dominion vermont and leadville three of those four they'll let you in it's called a conditional entry mm. so so that's that's what we did and uh so i got to knock out two or three of those races in one summer and it was just it was it was amazing it was it was beautiful it was one of the best summers you know we've had we've had in a long time oh, but uh man. Well, and I was I was set to I've been trying to get into Leadville um, with the lottery, and uh, so I was set to run Silver Rush this year, but we know how that turned out. So <laughs> uh, yeah, you're telling me I was gonna go volunteer to try to get back. You know, I uh, um, you know I ran I DNF Leadville last year. I be, I missed the 18 hour cutoff by 18 minutes. Oh man. Yeah. And uh, so I was gonna go back and volunteer. That was you know we go up. Um, you know, they call Leadville a, a hundred kilometer race. And yeah. once, if you make that hundred K cutoff, there's like 85% finisher rate. Um, yeah. it, it's nuts. And I just, you know, it was such a long summer and I, I just wasn't prepared. I didn't do the research. I didn't understand how quick that cutoff was. Yeah. And as, as a matter of fact, you know, I picked up Jeremy Harrison at Winfield there at mile 50 and Jeremy, Jeremy's runner, um, didn't make it so he decided he's gonna hop in w- with me which I, oh man me and jeremy 
started he got me up and over hope pass we walked <laughs> we crawled at one point i was crawling and uh, nice. i said i said i just need a two minute nap i'm really good at micro napping he said no we are not doing that keep going <laughs> and, uh, nice. <laughs> so we get to the top of hope pass and i am telling you what once the the thing with the altitude is i, I feel like for me, the best defense is being in the best physical condition you can be in. If you are in the best shape you can be in, that's going to be your best defense against the altitude. Yeah. Yep. And, man, I'm telling you what, I, I was a savage up to 12,000 feet. Um, <laughs> un, un, unfortunately, Hope Pass is 12,600 feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 needless to say, I, it was struggling. We were struggling there. But we got up and over Hope Pass. I mean, Jeremy and I were flying. We were – it felt like – I'd be lying to you if I told you we were doing eight-minute miles. That's what it felt like. It was probably closer to 10 <laughs> probably closer to 10 minute miles in all reality. Um, but to get down from Hope Pass uh, back to Twin Lakes took us about an hour. And uh, yeah, we missed that cutoff by about 18 minutes. Oh man. Yeah. So that kind of ended the grand slam dream, but uh, I figure, you know, 2021 is out because everybody that got into the lotteries this year, they'll be deferred. So I'm hoping 2022, 2023, that's kind of the plan is to, to knock yeah. that grand slam out. Well, and that's, and that's what, uh, Jen, Sorry, knocking my stuff over. Jen and I were gonna. Uh, <laughs> Jen and I were gonna. Um, we were. I was doing silver rush, and we were gonna uh, volunteer too to try to, you know, to get in. And uh, but right. you know, we'll just we'll just take it as it comes. There's plenty, you know. Oh we'll just yeah. Have to, you know. And then uh, you know, when I saw, I, that's one thing I, I did for silver heels. I'm a little concerned of altitude. I did I did the the fair the uh, last call 50 mile in 2018 mm-hmm. when I was training for Tahoe, and uh, that yes, altitude sir. feels feels. You feel it. You feel it. You feel it. You get up. You know, I tell people like for me, there's different levels out. Growing up in Louisiana, we're at sea level and, you know, they they consider 5000 feet high, which, you know, I don't. I I consider altitude starts at about 10,000 feet for me. Yeah. And that's high altitude race for me. I just feel like once you get to 10,000 feet, something happens. It's Mm kind of like that, you know, when you're talking about you know, a marathon and a 50 miler, it's about 50 milers, about twice as long, about twice the pain. It's linear. You understand that hundred K, you know, it's 12 more miles. You know, there's kind of this linear progression of pain and hurt, which you understand, but yeah. somewhere between a hundred K and a hundred miles, something happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, things increase exponentially at that point. And I feel like altitudes that way. I'm good. Something happens at 10,000 feet and I don't know what it is. But you get up above ten thousand feet and things just get get different. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's why, like for this one this weekend, I'm just I'm just gonna get her done, man. I, that's you it. know, just I I I just need to slug it out and get it done. That's yep. that's my yep. That's it. Keep going. Like I said, I'll be at uh, I'll be at mile seventy five working that aid station overnight. So anything you need, we'll be there. We'll uh, make sure you keep going. That's, and hey. That'll be good. I'll need it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I need, I, I need, oh, I need yeah. that that high five. I guess if we're allowed to high five, I don't know. We'll if, see. If we're allowed, yeah, we'll see yeah. how it goes. <laughs> you know that's and that's what I'm really interested too. Uh, you know, I'm slated to run um, the Sanger de Cristo 200. It's going to be my first venture at 200 miles. Yeah. And uh, so I really am super interested to see how this race goes and see yeah. kind of what changes we've made kind of the way ultra running is going to look moving forward i feel like 
be a little more prepared for the 200 to kind of know yeah. what to expect. Because I know one of the things that's going to be a little tricky for me, you know, there's no eating at the aid stations anymore. You basically tell them what you want, you put it in a bag and send it on your way. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. It's it's going to be a lot more self-supported, which I think is great. I think it's great for the sport. I think it'll be kind of get us back to our roots, and we won't be such you know a catered bunch. We'll have to be a little more self-reliant, which I think is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know I'm thinking through you know drop bag and everything else that I need to do. Now, hey, I, I wanted to bring that up to sing you know Sanger to Chris and give you kudos. I, I saw you were signed up for the 200 miler, and uh, so I DNF the Sanger to Chris to 100. Um, well, that's not not very encouraging. I'm telling you this no, right, no, well, well, right just, now. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling you are you about, a heck of a runner. Well, well, I went into that one kind of as a. Um, I kind of, I took it, I took it lightly. I went into it like as an mm. extra race and, right. um, and there was a lot of different factors. I wasn't recovered yeah. and, it, but so no, no excuses. Um, I, right. I, I could have grinded it out and finished it. Yeah. Uh, right. but my, my wanter broke too. And, mm-hmm. uh, and my wife saw oh, me and yeah. she's like, you're done. <laughs> That's it. We're, pull, we're, we're pulling the plug here. We're done here. Yeah. She's like, I'm doing it for you. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I'm doing it for you. <laughs> so, but, uh, but anyway, like I, I've seen enough. yeah, yeah. But I, no, man, I think, I think, uh, you know, you'll be, and part of it, a little bit of it was altitude there. Cause it, it gets mm-hmm. up there too. And so, um, you know, but I think, I think, you know, with, with your prep and stuff, you'll be, you'll be smart and, you know, you just got to take your time. I was, I was still trying, I went into it trying to, trying to race it, but I wasn't race ready. And so, right. um, instead of just trying to get it done. So there's a difference mm-hmm. and, and I paid the price oh, for, <laughs> for not knowing it. <laughs> Understandable. Oh yeah. Just that it's, you know, and that's what I tell people at, at this level. Uh, of running the 100 mile distance and the 100 mile plus distance at, at this level there's just it's so much more than running it's you know most of it is it's mental you know a lot of it's a mental game and that's you know i've i've really started to try to focus on that aspect yeah. of it so i was gonna ask you too what's um with the triple crown how is is that looking like you guys may be a go are you in a holding pattern what's yeah. What's so, like? so, so what happened with the triple crown, it, it's still a go. Um, they're making a decision, I believe on the, the ninth. And I guess when this comes out, they'll have made a decision on Bigfoot, uh, because, um, okay. because some things have changed a little bit, uh, for Bigfoot, they had some of the, there was a, also a, like a 70 miler and a 43 mile. There were some lesser distances that oh, were God. going on during it, but they canceled the lesser distances already. Um, okay. so what I've done and Jeremy Harrison's done the same thing or done similar, we've, we've deferred the triple crown to next year. Um, okay, because, that's smart. yeah, because there was too much of a chance on one of them being canceled and, you know, a triple crown with only two is a, is not a triple crown. So it's not, a, it's not yeah. a triple, kind of like they, they don't give out awards at the halfway mark. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. So, so what I did though, I did because they've already done some races in Moab, I kept, uh, I, I deferred, uh, uh, Bigfoot in Tahoe and I kept Moab, but I'll be able to, uh-huh. Uh, because I feel confident that Moab will happen and next year I'll still be able to do all three. I'll just have that experience. So, so part of my re uh, part of my reason to do in silver heels is because I want to do it. Um, right. and another part of it is just part, you know, part of that getting, getting ready, building up mm-hmm. and, and, and all that. And, um, it was beautiful when I did the, the, the last call 50 mile. And so I'm just looking forward to hashing out the rest of it. And, uh, 
That would be fun. Uh, oh, it's going to be a blast. And I love that area. That whole Fair Play, Breckenridge, Leadville, that just whole area of oh, uh, Colorado is beautiful. That's gorgeous, dude. It's like when you when you drive there and you get out the car and you just oh. inhale, it's like, ah, uh, mountain mm, air. Like, <laughs> exactly. That fresh mountain air. It's just, oh, it's, it's wonderful. I say this all the time, but when, I, when I'm running out here in the heat and humidity and I see these guys posting their beautiful mountain runs and you could just almost smell it when you see it because it's oh. all crisp and nice and you see the, the snow caps and I'm just like, you, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, it must be nice. Yeah, you know, here, yeah. It's 103 here in Dalhart and uh, you guys are hanging out in snow peaks. Yeah, you know, snow capped mountain. Oh man! So it, it's going to be 103 here in uh, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma next weekend, and my wife's like, "Oh, you're going to be so hot." I was like, "No, I'm going to be in Colorado, baby. It's going to be <laughs> right." <laughs> That's how we are. It's supposed to really kick up tomorrow. Uh, we'll be out of here. Yeah, I got it. Hey, so you and I have something else in common that we need to bring up on December 1st, 2019. Well, that's the 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 date on the thing. We did it at different times, but both of you have on our ultra sign up something. Mm-hmm. called the treadmill challenge <laughs> yes yes the old treadmill 100 i had my I, you know johnny cash took me by surprise there um, <laughs> well johnny cash I, john's a beast he's a beast <laughs> yeah but i had my eye on you and i was texting you we were talking a little bit and i said you know i think i'm just gonna i'm gonna get mine done around the first or the second i think i did it on the seventh and i was like i'm just gonna sit back and watch and uh, that was <laughs> Yeah, I contemplated doing it again, and it's just like never, never again, I don't think I'm going to do that. I put in <laughs> so much work for that. I found out that uh, I'm I'm pretty stupid. So yeah. <laughs> You found that out, huh? <laughs> found that out. You, you ran know, it. took 100 miles on a treadmill to realize. <laughs> to realize I'm pretty dumb, you know. And, and I found out, like, if I can set that treadmill at a certain speed like i'm kind of just like okay like an old school knuckle dragger caveman like i will just go um <laughs> and so i spent about three weeks honestly learning how to run on a treadmill and hmm. uh I, I would plan i would figure out so one thing i did was i had my little station set up at the end of the treadmill there and i figured out i could slow that treadmill down to 3.2 miles an hour and if i did that i could go to the back of the treadmill and I was about as fast as I could walk and still eat off that table and drink off that table. <laughs> nice. So I literally only stopped to go to the restroom. Really? Um, I, well, I took a 45-minute lunch break. Um, my wife came in because she actually had the flu at the time. And so nice. this was the only race that – yeah, I know, exactly. So, like, here I am. And, you know, I'm thinking this is going to be a piece of cake because there's the aid station. We're not going anywhere. She's going to be there this whole time. And it turns out she has the flu, so she shows up, and uh, I guess you know, left to my own devices, I'm not quite as skilled at running these races as I think. She shows up in mile 50 and looks at me and goes, "What is going on? You look like that. Like you need to stop that treadmill right now. You eat this, drink this, take these pills, do that." Like she's directing <laughs> traffic. <laughs> so, so I took a 45 minute lunch break, and uh, so if you factor that in, I actually split it like a 801, 807 or something like that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a it was so much preparation and so much work that uh, it was so draining for me. And it was yeah. um, you know, and it was one of those deals where I wanted to go under 1640. Once we got going and I kind of knew 
about 15 miles in, I, I knew what I was capable of, what type of shape I was in. And I wanted to go just under 1640 because it'd be just under 10 minutes per mile. And I'll tell you what, I, uh, so I had five miles where the treadmill stopped and I, you know, I was texting, uh, emailing the race director and I was able to basically start my race over because mm. I, I didn't have those, that verification. Well, then I was also missing another mile right in the middle about oh, man. nine nine minutes and 30 seconds and uh so yeah i was like so <laughs> close to that 1640 but I, I i couldn't have gone a second faster there oh, but uh, yeah i had my i had my eye on you because i've seen yeah. you throw down some really really quick times and i was like if david if david wants to run this i'm gonna be in trouble <laughs> that, was my, that was my thought <laughs> well and and i was just like because it's the first time i did it man and uh hey and and you did hey come in sub 17 on a treadmill that's awesome mine was what was mine 18 uh mine was 1846 so you you smoked me man mm -hmm. you almost two hours so <laughs> i appreciate yeah, it <laughs> yeah no you 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 smoked it man and so when, when i did it i just kind of walked into the um to the gym and you know mm -hmm. it's 24 hours i didn't tell anything to anybody uh, made sure I could grab one of the <laughs> one of the fans there, put put my bag right. on the side, and uh, I I, did, I wasn't smart like well I guess I couldn't uh, um couldn't have done a table thing I just I had to restart yeah. the treadmill every hour, so oh it, kinda, it was one of those old schools yeah 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 they just had them uh, governed I guess or whatever and mm -hmm. so so it kind of worked though because I I would uh I had enough for two hours on the treadmill so I'd I'd take a picture restart it. And then, okay. um, and then after every two hours, I'd run to, to the restroom, refill my bottles, and then jump on for two hours. And that that kind of gave me oh. a like a, a little break every now and then, you know. Right. But I I ended up losing twenty minutes too, and um, um, some old dude was talking to me, and I had to pause it, and oh, yeah. it, it didn't start back up. And I was like, it's like fifteen twenty minutes, and I'm it was toward the beginning too, and I was like, oh, oh my god. No. <laughs> that was me when i lost the first five miles i was like oh my is, is this an indication of how <laughs> yeah, exactly. go? Yeah, i've run yeah. five miles and i can't even account for it yeah you know what's crazy though okay so here, here's a lesson in that man it, especially at the beginning like that you and i don't know about you you probably had to just make like a it's toward the beginning of this, this i got a long time left i have to make a choice right now to not mm -hmm. dwell on that at, and yes. uh, to just move forward kind of the same and, thing we were talking about earlier you know <laughs> it, exactly it's like just you know okay that happened i yep. dealt with it yep. great nothing yep. i can do to change it the best thing i can do is just do the best that i can from this point forward and not act like it doesn't didn't happen because you want to learn the lesson like whatever i yep. did like yep. i made sure you know, for a while there, I was taking verification <laughs> pictures like every mile and a half. Like, yeah, I ain't missing that up again. So I got all these blurry pictures on my phone, you know, because I, I refuse to stop running to take these pictures. Um, and, and, you know, that's kind of like one of the things that Bill taught me. I'm a huge fan of the three-tiered goal, the A, B, and C goal in ultra running. Yeah. And But I think – I feel like – people have it backwards you know like i feel like that so your a goal is if everything goes right if everything goes perfect you have the day of your life everything comes together that's your a goal and then you know you got you got your b goal is kind of more realistic what's probably going to happen you're going to problem solve a little bit run into a few issues b goal is going to be a pretty good day and c goal is kind of you know things aren't working out so so well and 
you know, now, okay, this is kind of bottom of the barrel. This is, this is kind of what we want to do here. And I feel like the way I approached ultra running being an athlete, I, I had it all backwards and I was very competitive. So I decided that, you know what, man, my A goal, my A goal is to finish. And now every yeah. single race I go into, my A goal is to cross that finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my B goal is going to be kind of a time I would like. And then my C goal is going to be if everything's perfect and everything goes great. But I kind of shifted that focus from wanting to worrying about my place or my time to yeah. focusing on the experience and the journey. And since I've done that, I feel like I've had a lot more success within the sport. And it's kind of like in life, you know, I feel like the more I focus on just being happy and just doing the best I can, rather than I need to make X number of dollars an hour or so many thousands of dollars a year or hit this number or hit that number or, you know, all these real competitive goals. I got away from that. I really Mm. feel like, the essence of the sport kind of spoke to me and came to me and I'm starting to understand what the sport is all about, which really has nothing to do with running. Yeah. That's good. You you know, you're you're the second, uh, second person that, that inverts their goals like that. I think Gary Stotler was uh, one that I talked to that, that, that they do the go. He sets the goals back. Oh, really? too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. That's, that's pretty cool. awesome. I like that. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. That's well, you know where it came to me. Um, is my mentor bill uh, bill hacker may not remember this but i remember this to this day and it made me so mad so my very first hundred mile attempt you know at this point like to me bill's word is gold and what you know what bill tells me to do i'm gonna do because this man has done so much in the sport um he ran the rocky raccoon with uh anton kapitschka oh wow um, the year that it was Hal Kerner, Anton, I think Scott Jerk was there. It was mm. the year that um, Ian Sharman set that record at like 12 something. Yeah. And, and nobody had known him. So a yeah, real old, you know, I mean, I was 2012. It's not too old school, but this guy had been around for a while. And I DNF my very first 100 mile attempt at Rio del Lago. I took a took a fall on a descent mm. and injured my, my foot, had some ligament damage. So uh, that was November of 2017. So I turned right around and jumped into Rocky Raccoon in 2018. And I had a conversation with Bill, and I just said, you know, I would rather DNF than have a bad race. I'm going to mm. go out there. I'm going to give it my all. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to compete, and I'm going to have a great race. And if everything falls apart, I think I would just rather – dnf and then have a terrible race and he never forget this he told me he said man i don't think the sport's for you wow that's and, that's uh, hard that's tough right there man <laughs> yeah and uh, i hung up the phone and i turned to my girlfriend my wife and i was so mad and, <laughs> and, and, then, and then i was like who is this guy you know talking to me like this telling me that telling me he doesn't even know me blah 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 yada 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 and then I started thinking about it and you know he's right like this sport is not about the podium it's not about first second third it's there's more to it than that it, it's deeper there's something there's something i don't quite understand yet that the guys that have been here for a while do and i need to get into that that's yeah. where i need to be yeah and uh so that's when i really started to appreciate the sport for what it was and again to circle back it's all about to me it goes back to that martial arts and that whole philosophy of life yeah 
Well, and, and, and even and even when the lows hit, you know, accept it as part of the journey and just kind of, you know, right. this, this is where I am now and just, you know, embrace it. Because if you don't, um, you know, you'll, you'll be DNFing more and more, you know, um, just just exactly. because because you're tired of it, <laughs> you know. Exactly. You know, I will, I will never forget. I was running with a guy in Leadville and he made this comment to me and uh, I actually picked it up. At, no, I slowed down at Leadville. Like it was one of those deals where, you know. Ultra run is dirty little secret. If you don't like someone you're spending time with out on the trails, you either slow down or speed up. You got to get rid of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so this guy, he was telling me a story about a race that he ran, and uh, things weren't going his way. And his comment was, you know, so I, I decided to just quit right there and, and you know save it for another day. You know, no no need in, in risking too much out here. The pros do it all the time. No worries. So I was cool, and I was like, well, that is a terrible attitude. Like what? Where have we gotten to well, because the pros decide not to finish a race? It's okay for you not to finish a race because it's a little hot. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> and it's just one of those things where I was like, like you said, you know, you, I, I like the phrase feelings aren't facts. Mm. And just because I'm feeling a certain way, you know, perception is reality. Yes. But just because I'm feeling a certain way, that doesn't mean things are going to stay that way. You just, you take yep. it for what it is. You, um, you know, I'm really, I, I read Tim Grover's book, Relentless. And uh, my, I, I'm real big into to yoga and mindfulness. And it's, mm. you know, just the ability to look at where you're at and from a non-biased perspective and realize like, okay, this is where I'm at. Yeah. And you just look at it and that's it. No more, no less. Like, this is where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just acknowledge. <laughs> exactly. And period, you know, hard stuff done. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's and like you said, it's just, this is where we're at and we're just going to take it for what it is. And we're just going to enjoy it as best we can and keep moving forward. Yeah. So, Hey, uh, so you, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about, uh, mindfulness and, 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 uh, and, and yoga. Um, uh, I believe Rob Steger, uh, he talks a little bit about, um, you know, training for ultra about mindfulness and he, and, and we can relate this probably, you know, when we're running, we call it a, a runner's high. I think he calls it um, mm-hmm. flow, you know, you flow, get into flow. Yes. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you can get into, you know, you know, that can be right around the corner, even when it's low, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, man, isn't it, isn't it cool when you're running and you look down and you just like, and 10 miles like where'd that go <laughs> exactly it's so amazing you just you know you look up and you can't stand the thought of running another step and then all of a sudden you see a sign that so-and-so aid station half a mile I'm like, what yeah. yeah what just happened <laughs> yeah like wait you know you almost lose track of time mm. Mm. and it's you know yeah oh yeah i love it I, I i'm a big fan of of rob and i've been watching his uh documentary on amazon yeah, the yeah, tri- I saw the first three crown. of them. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, I, of so course, of course, I'm doing my homework for the Triple Crown there, man. So. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, and and so here, I just want to, I just, I need to make sure I say something else on on what you said because I've been guilty of, I guess, uh, there, there's a there's a where you want to where I've been competitive, okay, and that's good. You know, I like to, I like when I can get in there and I can be competitive. But there have oh, been yeah. times when, um, when I haven't, man, I, I haven't enjoyed the journey as much because right. because I've competed hard. And I'm not going to say I, reg- I regret it or anything else, but I think I think some races might 
are we going to some, maybe we should go into some wanting to embrace it, enjoy it, mm-hmm. take it in, you know, and then maybe others will go in and, and, and race, you know, put our head down Absolutely. and get at it. And like, Absolutely. uh, and one of the things like, you know, my plan this weekend is I, I, I want to em- enjoy it, embrace it and be in the mountains. You know what I mean? And, and so, so I'm really looking forward to that. I know there's going to be some suffering there. You know, you don't do a hundred miles without suffering, right. but there I are wanna, no easy 100. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but I, I'm excited about, about just, just, just being there. And like you said, just, just being, yeah. you know, <laughs> just being, and you know, I'll tell you what, if you look at, if you look at my ultra sign up and you look at where I've finished in these races, the times where I haven't focused on the competition, mm-hmm. I've done better. Those are the races <laughs> I've won. Yeah. You know, I won a 50 miler here in Amarillo in Paladero Canyon. I ran 836 and my goal was to go 10 hours and enjoy the canyon. I look up after two laps and I'm two hours ahead of second place on pace for like an 830. And I was like, whoa, okay. So yeah. now it's like I enjoyed and just had a good time and was, I was just there for 40 miles of that race. Yeah. And then that last 10 miles, I was like, okay, time to get time to get to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I think in, in, in a, I'm sure you probably read Born to Run, uh, being a oh, reader yeah. and all. And I think I, I think we can miss that, too, uh, in, in trying to compete or trying to beat a time. And, and it's, it's good to push ourselves. But I, I believe that having that that ha- that fulfillment, that happiness, that gratitude when we're running, I think that can propel us if we if we focus, like you said, more on that than, mm-hmm. you know, than trying to Im- improve our ultra sign up or something. <laughs> One hundred percent, you know, and I make it a point. Like, like I said, my wife has been at every single race. She has crewed me every single race. And, you know, I see I see guys being real efficient and you can be efficient and still be grateful and thankful. Yes. Yes. Um, so every aid station, I, I, I never leave before. I tell all the aid station workers, thank you. Yes. And I give my wife a kiss and I tell her I love her. Yes. Um, and I, you know what? If that costs me an extra thirty seconds, dude, it's a hundred miles. Who cares? Exactly. But, <laughs> but but you know, I know that for that split second, no matter how bad I was feeling, no matter how upset I was, angry, tired, whatever, for those few seconds, the last thing that they saw of me was me being grateful and thankful for what they're doing for me. Yeah, right on, man. And you know what? You know what? What's awesome, and you probably heard me. I say, I do the same thing. And when I go into an aid station, they're like, "How you doing? No, how you guys doing? <laughs> Always do yeah. that." And 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 tell them thank you. And and even when we feel like garbage, man, when you when you when you make yourself be grateful and you choose to be thankful, it it does something. It's you know we should do that because we should be good humans. But it right. it it does something for you. You know, it puts it a little does. extra step in your step, man. It's like you know, yeah, okay, I I I get to be here. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> and you know, I'm a big fan of also Jesse Itzler, uh, motivational <laughs> guy. You know, 30 days living with seals and the monkey. Yeah. All that. And I just saw a post of his, and I've tried it on, I ran a 32 miler 4th of July, um, just training run. And I tried, tried this and it worked. It was beautiful. So he was telling a story about how he was with a buddy of his, and he wasn't feeling good. And, um, the guy told them when they were hitting, you know, the proverbial wall, he said, you know what, man, it's a miracle. Jason, what are you talking about? Dude, I don't get tired. It is an absolute miracle. I don't get tired. 
And he said, say it. And Jesse <laughs> said, you know, he was dog tired. Couldn't take another step. He was gonna, he was gonna quit the race. But he said, yeah, man, I don't get tired. It's crazy. And he was, no, say it like you mean it. He said, you know what? It's crazy. I don't get tired. He said, that's right. And they walked into the eighth. They walked into the aid station. They, he was gonna drop the race. And the aid station worker said, how you doing? And he said, tell him how you doing, Jesse. He goes, yeah, it's a miracle. I don't get tired. And you know, he finished that race. It was Hennepin 100. Went under 24 hours and. I was at mile 27, hit the wall. It was 100 degrees. I said, man, it's crazy. I don't get tired. Yeah, I, I'm not tired at all. And, you know, so those last few miles were faster than some of the first miles. And it's like just what we say has power. And yeah. they'll change the way you feel. I like it, man. I like it. I used to have uh, my first 100. Somebody told me to, you know, like a mantra. And I don't know where I read it. It almost sounds cheesy, but I was saying to myself in the middle of the night in the woods, trip, tripping on roots, I was saying, as the miles get longer, I get stronger. As the uh -huh. miles get longer, I get stronger. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what I did. This is hilarious. My wife has a video somewhere. I, Sherman's Gap is notorious on Old Dominion. So Old Dominion is a uh, old school race. 28 hour cutoff used to be 24 hours no buckle after 24 hours yeah i finished and i actually had a little damage to my knee long story short i finished uh like 27 hours and chains just before the the cutoff and uh when you finish at 2401 at 24 hours you get a, a buckle at 2401 you get a handshake and a hug and, oh, you know, wow. that's, and uh wow. so no pace no pacers allowed except mm. for up and over sherman's gap and uh, so I come in to the aid station right before Sherman's Gap, and uh, I did a whole Mr. T impression. And it was one of the old school races where you actually have to still weigh in. And yeah. I, so I come in to Sherman's Gap. I take my shirt off. Um, I throw down my poles. I throw down my pack. And I do the whole Mr. T in Rocky uh, impression. <laughs> you know, I said, I, I forget exactly what I said. There's a video of it somewhere. But, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I said, Sherman's Gap, Sherman's Gap ain't got nothing on me. They ain't Sherman's Gap. And, uh, you know, I get the whole thing. I said, you know, Yo, Sherman's Gap, so what, it needs to be scared of me. I ain't scared of Sherman's Gap. And, uh, you know, making a fool of myself at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, <laughs> with a with a torn PCL. But it got, I got over Sherman's Gap, and I finished the race. It's just the nice. little things you do. Oh, I, yeah, I got to find that video. It's hilarious. You, you need to find that because yeah. – no, go ahead, go ahead. I was I went on for about a minute. It it, it went longer than I thought because I, you know, I was probably hallucinating a little bit too. At some point, I actually thought, you know, I was Mr. T when he said, uh, when he he said, uh, he's talking to Adrian. He said, uh, you think you got a real man? He ain't a real man. He ain't a champ. He a chump. I'm a real man. And uh, so that's what I said. I said something about Sherman's Gap was a chump and not a champ. <laughs> Oh, it was wild. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to revisit that. At uh, you know, my last name's Terrio, so at school, uh, I'm the technology guy. They call me Mr. T for short, and ah. most of the kids don't know who Mr. T is. And so I'm always like, I, I pity the fool that don't do what they're supposed to do on their computer. You know? So oh, like, you got it. Yeah, you got to bring that back. That is that is awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of, I remember now. Now I remember how we met. I reached out to you. We were on a. It was a Facebook group, and I just saw your name, and I was okay. like, oh, my God. I said, it's Dave the Riot. Please. <laughs> I think I sent you a message. I said, please tell me that is your God-given name, and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, yes, it is, but it, it's stereo without the S. It's stereo, yeah, yeah. And, I was like, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you Dave the Riot, 
And yeah. Like, all right, cool, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's when we started talking about Louisiana and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that now. That's cool. And that, when I was trying to think of the, the name for the podcast, I had some different things and some biblical things and some stuff, you know, that. Uh -huh. And then finally, I was like, I got to use the last name. It's the Run the gotcha. Riot podcast. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I would expect no less. I would be upset if you did something different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had, had it, you know, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. You knocked that one out of the park for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, so so you you're, you're taking off, man, and you're going to be heading uh -huh. up there. Uh, uh, and uh, gonna be up yes, sir. in the mountains near Fair Play, taking care of us this weekend. So, so right now, I'm just gonna thank you for your service. <laughs> oh, no problem. It is my pleasure. It yeah, it, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good to get back to uh, to racing. You know, even though it's gonna oh. be modified. And um, right. but uh, you know, there's there's some uh, there's there's a couple others that are uh, from Louisiana that are gonna be there. I found out. Um, oh, really? Derek Dowell, who was supposed to be in, I think he was supposed to be um, uh, running Badwater this year. He's going to be running it. And then I found out a few uh, folks who live now in Colorado, um, uh, who they, they live in Colorado now, but they're from Louisiana. Uh, they're going to be there. So I, I'm looking forward to uh, just seeing a few folks I know and uh, and just spinning up, man. So oh, you're, yeah, me too. So your next is Sanger de Crista 200, man. Have you have you uh, been out there yet to look at the course? I have not. Uh, okay. I've been through West Cliff, so I think this trip will maybe try to take a little stop and, and spend a little more time time yeah. there. Uh, cool. But at the Rainbow Trail, the Sanger de Crista Mountains, I have I have not been there. Okay, yeah, it's 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 pretty out there, man. It's good. I I I've I've got to go back for redemption at some point when I can fit it in. Uh, I don't right. like. Uh, I don't like a DNF staying out there without a a finish after it. So <laughs> that is, that is me. I have uh, I have three on the books and Leadville. I'm gonna get back whenever I can get back. I am slated to run Rio Del Lago this year and get that first one back. Oh, but uh, we're in a we're we're in a holding pattern there. There uh, everybody's on a wait list. They don't want to get anybody excited, take any money, anything like that until they're for sure they're gonna have a race. Yeah. And then uh, my, my other one was that was Angel Fire, which, you know, uh, Dave Wood, who does uh, 24 the Hard Way and a couple other Oklahoma races. He's the race director there. He does the Red Man Triathlon. Um, they just had a rough, rough couple of years. So whenever it got canceled this year, obviously. So I'll get that one back. I'm like you, you know, I, I don't mind the DNF if I need to take it. And, you know, it's kind of like I think it was Conor McGregor made this famous. He said, you win or you learn. And that's kind of how yeah. I look at DNFs. You know, you win or you learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if, if I DNF, it's it's not a loss. It's nothing negative in, unless I allow it to be. Uh, as long as I learn from it, we're good. So that's hopefully I can get back to Angel Fire 2021 and get that one back. That's a beautiful race in uh, New Mexico. It's a little small mountain town, and it is a deceptively hard race. There's about 20,000 feet of climbing in it, but – Wow. There is, it's, oh, it is four 25-mile loops, and one of them is an 18-mile section. It's basically nine miles up the mountain and nine miles back down. <laughs> but what's, what's crazy about this race is there's a four-mile section with 3,000 feet of gain. So to put mm. that in perspective, over 16 miles, you get 12,000 foot of gain. So you get about 60% <laughs> of your gain. And a hundred miler 
on 12% of the course. Ooh, man. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, it is. Yeah. So it, like I said, it is deceptively hard because all of your climbing comes in one spot. Man. And uh, it's also, you know, Angel Fire sits at about 7,800 feet and the top of that mountain is about 11,000. So like we talked about earlier, you get to that 10,000 foot mark and uh, things just kind of get to be, get a little different. Things get a little <laughs> sketchy, a little sketchy up there. A yeah. altitude, you know, you start. You know, seeing unicorns and talking to hippopotamuses and stuff. <laughs> Those mountain hippopotamuses. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, that real quick story. That was yo, my first DNF. I love this story. I'm actually getting a tattoo of it. So, oh, no. uh, oh, yeah. So I have my mantra is tattooed on my body. Um, on one ring finger, I have Promisa. And on the other, I have Ala Minyana. So, you know, it says promise to the morning. It's promised myself to make it to the morning. Mm. But uh, my next tattoo... So first off, Rio Del Lago 2017, beautiful course along the American River. So I'm wearing a waist lamp. I'm wearing a headlamp. And we're about mile 60, and I, I'm losing it. You know, this is my first foray into the 100-mile distance. And I'm starting to hear things. I get the auditory hallucinations. And then I look down, and I see a hippopotamus. And uh, <laughs> this is, swear to God, true story. And... So I'm, I'm a little confused, but then it's talking, and, and I named him Ralph, uh, Ralph the Hippopotamus. <laughs> and man, me and Ralph, we, we figured life out that evening. Um, he was, that's where I realized that if you, just, if you just be a good person, everything will work out. If you just reserve judgment, things are going to be okay. Uh, that's where I learned that ultra running could be a platform for me to help people and, and tell my story. And yeah. I realized that I didn't need to be ashamed. And then a funny thing happened. My headlamp went out for a second and Ralph disappeared. And I was a little upset. So I realized I, realized I had <laughs> borrowed a waist lamp. Actually, it wasn't even a waist lamp. It was a headlamp that I had fashioned onto a, a tri belt, you know, to hold your bib. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but it, I had like a 400 lumen headlamp and a 300 or 200 lumen lamp on my waist and so since they were different intensities at the point where they met it was causing these weird light distortions that my mind turned into a hippopotamus <laughs> so i realized if i turned one headlamp or one waist lamp off then ralph would disappear so like any rational person would do i you know i kept the headlamps on so i could talk to ralph for the rest well, of the yeah time. ralph was giving you some dropping some ralph, knowledge bombs on you man oh, some insight man. bro <laughs> me, me and ralph Changed, changed the world that evening, and uh, so I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a tattoo. Uh, you know, in our sport, there's really only one time anybody ever worries about is 24 hours. 24 hours, can you run 100 miles in a day? Yeah. And uh, I've done I've done it twice now. So I'm gonna get a basically a buckle on the back of my calf, um, which I love your calf tattoo by the way. This was kind of part of the placement when I saw yours, but I want to do a buckle and it's gonna have some mountains and some pine trees and it's gonna say you know 100 miles uh, across the top and then uh, one day on the bottom and then above those mountains I'm gonna have some clouds with Ralph in them. <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm gonna have a hippopotamus in the clouds there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, we're gonna try cool. to probably get that done in the next couple months. Nice, nice. That's cool. I like it. Hey, it hurts on the calf, dude. It hurts on the calf. Uh, that's what I hear, man. And, I mean, yours is beautiful with color and everything too. That was the picture from Tahoe, wasn't it? Yep, yep. Uh, that was your actual. Piece? Yeah, yeah, the actual picture from Tahoe, and then like the next in the sequence is me walking up that trail, but I didn't want me in it. So, right. yeah, yeah beautiful pretty sweet so yeah well 
But dude, it has been good talking to you, man. Man, uh, this has been great. Like I yeah. said, this is the first podcast I've ever been on, and uh, you know, it's just we're just two dudes hanging out talking. Like this has been, this is amazing. <laughs> well, it's it's good, you know, and and you and I we shared in, in text and all, and it's been good to talk and yeah. and you know, man, I you know, we we kind of get to know each other through texting and all, but but there's something about you know something about talking, seeing each other, and Absolutely. and uh, hey, thank you for sharing, man, and um being you know being open because there there's somebody out there that needed to hear that, man, and and I'm glad you have the heart to take you know, to take something, like you said, that that's dark, but, but man, you're bringing light, you know? So, so it's good. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. You know, and I, um, once you sent me that message uh, a couple of days ago, so it was Sunday night, I kind of, I went back and forth on, cause I, you know, I listen to your podcast every week. I listen to some of the midweek motivations and I knew the questions were coming <laughs> and I, I knew it was, how did you get into running? What sports did you play? Like, basically, you know, what got you here? Why do you do this? And it, it was kind of one of those deals, like, how how much detail do you want to go into? How much of your story do you want to tell? And I didn't so much think about it being cathartic for me, which it kind of was today. It was really, really nice. But I thought about who would be missing out if I held back? Who would I be robbing of an opportunity to grow if – I didn't do something because I was a little bit uncomfortable. So for a couple of days, I've thought about it. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be uncomfortable, but somebody is going to benefit. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's it, man. And, 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 and just like we learn from our mistakes or, 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 or learn from our experiences, it wasn't your mistake. But in the right. same way, we can what we share, we can help others learn, you know, and, and so yes, it's, you know, we, we can take what, what was meant for evil and bring it for good, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, dude, I am. I'm, I am going to be looking. I, I guess I'll see you at the start finish, right? You're going to be at the start yes. finish before. Okay. I'll so I get it. to see you then, and then, uh, and then I'll be able to, um, you know, hopefully coherently uh, have a conversation with you at mile right. seventy five. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, if Ralph happens to make an appearance in your race, I'll make sure I'll get some videos or something so you can remember. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely be there. And depending right. on uh, how how quickly you are, I'm gonna try to be at the finish line too. Uh, nice, nice. Well, well, uh, you know, I might just have to do a Mr. T at mile 75. We'll we'll just have to see. So get that camera ready, bro. There you go. <laughs> oh, I'll be ready for you. I'll be ready for you. All right, man. Well, hey, you That's take care I... and, and you be careful uh, heading out there, brother. And I'm looking forward to seeing you, man. Yes, sir. Me too, man. Thanks again for the opportunity, Dave. It's oh, been great. great. Yeah, thanks for being on it, man. Take care, bud. Bye bye. Yes.